God rest you, married gentlemen. Hey, we're in the Christmas season, folks. I love this time. A time to celebrate. And yes, it's really exciting. The world's going crazy mad, and we get to hang out with family and friends, and it's an exciting time. I love giving gifts. I used to love getting them. Now it's like it's a joy giving them. I've matured a little bit, you know what I mean? I still love them, though. Hey, you know what I mean? Uh, but what a good season it is. And so we're starting a new series. We can get the, the table up here. We're starting a new series called The Light. And there was, I know, I know, come on now. And, and, and there's, a, there's a line in this song that uh, there's, there's a reason why we sang it today and what we're going to be diving, diving into today uh, in regards to the light. But this is the reason, oh, Christiany, Christiany. This is the reason for the season. It is, it really is, that Jesus was born. We can celebrate that. That's important. And I think in the midst of life, we can kind of become monotonous and kind of become casual about the fact that the Savior entered the world when all hell was breaking loose, when we had zero hope that there was actually a light given to you and to me. Someone say amen to that. Come on now. So here's the truth. And uh, I was like, Em, I'm trying to write Christmas message, and I want it to be holly and jolly and all those things. And then I was like, well, let's start out with this statement here. The world can be a pretty dark place. It really can. It can be a pretty, pretty dark place. There's a lot of chaos, a lot of lies, deceit, a lot of broken relationships, families, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, war, pride, selfishness. The world, like if you take a step back, I don't, I don't mean to put like a kibosh on the joy on, on, on our life, but like it can be pretty serious, right? It can be pretty serious. And the whole point of this series, again, I love this, John 12. If you're taking notes today, please write this down in some notes. That way you don't forget it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I have come. Someone say, I have come. He has come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes, I love that. Anyone, no matter where you're at, what you've been through, no matter the mistakes, how grand or how small, no matter if you're rich, poor, anyone, everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. I love that. We're so familiar with John 3.16. I have come, or I, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And here he kind of models the same statement. I've come into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. Can we say that light and life are the same? And can we say that death and darkness are the same as well? Hmm. Light and life. That's what you've been given. The light of the world came so that the world would not remain in darkness. That's it. That's the whole point of this series. I'm excited over these next two, uh, these next two. Well, we got Christmas service on Thursday, folks. Come on now, Thursday, 7 p.m. It's going to be nice. It's an evening service. It's going to be dark out. It's going to be cool. Here we go. It's going to be good. A little mix-up. Light of the world came so that you would no longer remain in darkness. This is in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be going through uh, Luke chapter 2. So if you want to get your Bibles today, go ahead, get the book out. Come on, folks, get the book. Get the book out. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And I believe we're in verse 10. 
there's these three wise men, and they are handling the flock, caring for the sheep. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up and says, hey, there's big, big news. Someone say, there's big news. There's big news. Do not be afraid. I will bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Great joy. He's got some good news. What is the great joy? To me, the great joy is to save us all from Satan's power. That's the great joy. Wow. Because I've been pretty dark in my life. I don't know about you. I needed saving. I needed saving. I've been stuck in my ways. I've been held down by my own thoughts, actions, behaviors, patterns. I've, I've done some bad things. And, and, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you that we all need saved. And uh, that's the good news that you have been saved. This light is a great joy for all who would follow him. This is a season of overflowing joy for you and for me. And so I'll tell you this as well. I want to encourage you to invite your friends and family to this Thursday because I just believe that there's un unfathomable joy to be found in a season like this. That no matter how dark it is, no matter what it is people are going through, whether their health has kind of been a little crazy this year, lost a loved one, lost a job, just chaos. Maybe they're just wrestling with stress, anxiety, and depression. I don't know what the circumstances is or what the circumstances are, but it can be pretty dark, and people need joy. Not joy found from a gift that's really awesome. No, no, no. Real, like, real, real joy. Real joy. Jesus spoke to them again, same thing, John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the bottom line for this series is this. If you are taking notes today, we can write this down. Jesus came to illuminate a world covered in darkness. Covered in darkness. That's why he came. To bring it to light. To give it life. That's, that gives me joy. <laughs> and so I, uh, we're, we're talking about this darkness theme for today. And then on Thursday, we'll be talking about what the light actually does to your life. Not only does it save, but it changes everything. But I need to talk about darkness first. Has anyone, and, and we've all been there where you are stirred in the middle of the night. It's 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. you got to use the restroom. you got to go get a glass of water, or you're just up for some who knows what reason. And it's pretty dark. And uh, the, the classic, oh, stop your toe story. You're walking around, looking to get to the bathroom. You know where it's at, but it's dark. You don't know what's going on. And when the rooms get messy, like my, it does get messy. You, like, fall over, and then you're like, ah. By, I'm, I'm like, I know this is, this is a really simple analogy, but we experienced this. Someone came up and asked me, this is really, this is really funny. Uh, someone came up and asked me and said, what do you do? Like, what's your routine before you go and preach? And uh, it, it's, it's spotty, but I love doing this. Um, and it's kind of weird. But one of the things that I really do is uh, I will get a shower and I will turn all the lights off. No windows, no nothing. It's dark. And just to reflect call my mind. I don't know. I'm a weirdo. That's who I am. Love me or hate me. It's cool. But have you ever felt like real dark? Like real, real dark like that? 
it's a, it's a, again, it's an unfamiliar thing that I do, but what happens is in that room, you can't even see shampoo, anything. Like, you just have to feel around and hope that you find something that can clean you. Now, I choose to do this because <laughs> I kind of desensitize myself and, and take my, myself out of the picture. But what I'm saying is there's a fear that happens when I do that. I actually get really afraid for the first minute because you literally can't see. You can't see this. Like my hand's right here. You can't see it. Darkness like that is terrifying. Darkness like that is, is overwhelming. It causes panic in me. I don't often panic. And then I calm down. And so for those who are in dark, whether it be walking to the restroom or whatever it be, wherever it is that you're at, some people go to work and it's dark out. I don't know what is wrong with you. <laughs> Here's the thing I want to say about the darkness, though, is when we are walking through our house, we have a choice. You have actually a choice. You can turn on a light or you can just walk around blind. You know that? You can get your phone, turn it on, use it, and that way you got a flashlight on it. Walk around, navigate your house. Light's a powerful thing, but we have a choice to use it. We have a choice to walk in it. We have a choice to turn it on. And so today I wanted to talk about uh, an, an interesting question that I really haven't thought about before. Is are, are you believer, and am I believer in Christ, the way, the truth, and the life? Am I allowing my eyes to get adjusted to the dark when really I need the light? I have a choice. Daily, turn the light on. Walk Walk with him. Walk beside him. Let him lead me. Follow his word, for it is a light unto my path. I can follow him, or I can just continue, you know, stretching around, feeling around, making sure I'm not crashing into anything. Look at what it says in Proverbs. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. This is what I'm talking about, where you literally can't see your hand in front of your face. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. They have no, the way, of, the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they're stumbling over. The state of the world before Jesus came was this. We had no, humanity had no idea what it was stumbling over. It was led astray by false gods. It would participate in mass orgies. It would be full of lie and deceit and greed and wealth. Still goes on today, just so you know. But now, someone say there's hope. There's hope. But here's my question. But here's my question. Have your eyes adjusted to just seeing in the dark? When it's pitch black out, have you allowed your eyes to just adjust to seeing in the dark? Because you'll eventually make it to go get a glass of water. You'll eventually get there, but it's dark your eyes adjusted have your eyes adjusted to seeing in the dark the scripture says that there are those who will <laughs> say that light is actually darkness and darkness is actually light that's crazy that's the definition of allowing your eyes to adjust to the darkness and walk around and actually be confused and call it light oh I can see are you sure you don't have a light on oh I got hope Life's going really, really great for me. 
And that's cool, but you don't have a light on. Like, you don't, you don't have a light on. You're going to keep stumbling, believe it or not. And so the story picks up in Luke chapter 2. The time has come. Someone say, the time has come. The time has come for the light of the world to enter the earth. Thousands of years ago. The time has come. What's amazing about our Jesus is that our God had every right to ignore his creation completely. In the very beginning, we were in paradise with him. Adam and Eve were in paradise. It was full of everything that we needed. It was beautiful and fruitful. Everything. And so what ended up happening is we were deceived. We partook in the forbidden fruit, and then separation happened, and the wage of that separation was death. Darkness, remember? And from that point on, paradise was not accessible to man by his own means. You could not be perfect enough. You could not be generous enough. You could not be kind enough. You could not be loving enough to earn your way into paradise. It would be impossible because one second later, we all would fail and fall and operate in darkness and God is light and light cannot coexist with darkness it cannot and so when I say the time had come that's a big deal that a God who had every right to have nothing to do with us he could have totally taken his hands out of the situation I don't care about them let them go ahead and figure it out themselves perpetual darkness let's watch them stumble and fall he had every right to do that but he loved us. This is what real love is. That he would send his son to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still in darkness, that's what real love is. So the time it's come is a big deal. The time has come is a big deal. That the savior of the world, God would send his son and engage yet again with his creation who was messy, like me. Is anyone with me today? It's a big deal. The time has come for the baby to be born. It says this in Luke chapter 2. Uh, Luke chapter 2, we can put this up there, yeah. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, Mary did, and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds. There were shepherds. This is verse 8. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks when... Church, you think that was a mistake? If you follow the core code, this is that green. This is that detail moment. You think God was accidental by approaching the, the three wise men at night when it is darkest? So here Jesus is born, and then God shows up to these three men who are watching over their flocks at night. An intentional detail. They were serving the flock in the dark of night. What a crazy detail that is. We can just skim by that really quick. Read, 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 read. Done. Punch out. What a beautiful detail that is, though. How intentional is God that he would actually give hope in the midst of actual nighttime? That hope would be given to earth in the midst of darkness. God's perfect, amen? He's perfect. He's perfect. It's crazy. 
an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the, of the Lord shone around them. Shone. What a word. And they were terrified. Yeah, some random thing just pops out of nowhere. Hey! That would be kind of terrifying. He said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. We shared this earlier. But one thing I wanted to talk about is the glory of the Lord shone around them. So there was an implication of light, brightness. The glory shone around them. I'll, I'll tell you that the truth is, is that a light is alarming to those in the dark. Am I, am I are, we, are we okay? Yeah. The light is alarming to those who are in the dark. One thing that we've been doing is uh, every morning, uh, my son Warren loves Pokemon. He loves Pokemon. I do too, okay? Not going to lie. I love it, okay? And so what I did is I built this Advent calendar, this countdown to Christmas, and every morning he gets a Pokemon pack. What a spoiled kid. He like now expects it. Where's my pack? Come on, bro. Please say hi to me or something, you know? But what he does is now it's it's obviously the winter and our, our days are short and, and he wakes up usually around like 7 o'clock, okay? And so it's still dark out and he's sleeping and I'm like, Warren, Warren you, got a, you got a little Pokemon pack. He like, what? He like sits up, what? Sits up, asks about it. He's like, where's it at? Who's on the front of it? He starts asking questions and then he's like, I can't see. Turn on the light. And it's like every day. It's actually really funny. And you guys know the feeling when you're in darkness and light turns on, he goes and makes this ugly face and freaks out. Light is alarming to those who are in the dark. It's overwhelming. Well, here's actually the truth. Might actually hurt. Might actually hurt. And so the light came in the midst of the dark night and they were like, whoa, freaking out. But then they had joy. Look at how they respond to the angel talking to them. It goes on, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, what a beautiful sight this would have been. This is like overwhelming encounter with, with God's uh, glory, okay? They had gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing, uh, this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The story goes on. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they started to spread the word. That's going to be a big part of Thursday. They started to spread the word concerning what they had been told or, yeah, what had been told about him, about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had, she had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying, someone say glorifying, and praising, and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Do you know what happens when you do see the light? Yeah, it might be over alarming or overwhelming. Yeah, it might hurt for a minute. But when you do see the light, 
you start praising and worshiping. There's a different air about you, a different feeling in your heart, a different pull on you, a different thing that you need to give glory to. The sight of light brings about praise and worship in every heart. In every heart. They weren't expecting it. It's not like they were even seeking it out. The light just shows up, boom. We got to follow this and worship this. Because this is real light. What we've been so desperate for forever and ever. Matthew's account puts it this way. When they saw the star, again, light and darkness, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. When you are in total darkness, with no hope, no resolve, no solution, you finally see that what's your response how do you follow up with that they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh essentially what it comes down to and we're going to be singing a song a little bit later on about making your life a sacrifice when you see light for the first time you give him all of it give him all of it and I don't know about you but I do know about me and I also know what it's like to live life outside of this I didn't grow up in the church we didn't have a, a huge church background yeah we went Christmas Easter with grandma and that was cool and I get it it was nice family time but I will I will say this from personal experience to wrap up this story is my eyes were desperate to see a light I hated walking in darkness. I was young. I had tons of fear and tons of anger. I slipped into addictions and I hated it. I was really desperate for this. Are you? You can even be saved. Sometimes we lose that desperation. You can even be a follower in the way, the truth, and the life. And sometimes we forget, oh, I'm not as desperate as I used to be. I'm not as stirred as I used to be. I lost my, my fervor. I lost, my, I lost my, my passion for this. When I lose my passion for this, and I didn't even plan on saying this. When I lose my passion for this, I'm remind, I purposefully remind myself of all the darkness that I had experienced and how much light I walk in right now. Changes my whole circumstance. When I think about a seven-year-old watching a computer screen with people on it doing incredibly scandalous things, seven, and somehow I have a healthy marriage with two kids. Wow. And I'm not perfect. Far from. But if you're not stirred or you're not desperate, just remember how dark you once were and how light how much life he gives you. That'll change the desperation, amen? The light of Christ changes everything about our life. It really does. Yeah, there is salvation work that comes in, but really, I love this next part. This is in Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus is talking about what the light 
does in our body. The eye is the lamp of the body. The eye takes in all of this stuff. And when your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of what? Full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of what? Darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Wow. We need light desperately. We need to see it desperately. We need to look for it constantly. We need to read it and study it constantly. You want to also know, like, a, a, a trick to finding the light is read this thing. I know it's really confusing with the thou's. I get it. Read it. And if you have questions, talk to us about it. Come to circles. But this will give you light in your life. And it will make your body healthy. But when we just go wandering around, struggling to find where we're at, this body becomes unhealthy falls over, makes mistakes, dives into things that I don't want to dive into. Light is, is vital. And so here's what I wanted to talk about today. And then again on Thursday, we're going to talk about what the light does in your life. But today I wanted to, to talk about this concept again. You can be uh, a believer. You can be uh, a not a believer. And you're wandering around in darkness and your eyes can adjust to the darkness and you can think that you're actually walking in light but really you're just struggling to find your way down a hallway so I have four things that I want to talk about we know we know we are wandering around in the dark if these four things happen we know we know that yes while we may be able to see actually where we're going and our eyes have adjusted here's how to tell if you're walking around in the dark Here's how you can figure it out. And there's so many more than this. I'm not the most brilliant person ever. But here's four that I see in the word that really spoke to me this week. Number one is this. We call evil good and we call good evil. We call evil good and we call good evil. I wish this was like a more uplifting sermon. <laughs> no, but we need to know this stuff. Because we can be wandering around the darkness too. Seriously, life can get real messy. So you start calling those things, that which God created is wonderful and good, and we start calling them evil, and then we start calling those things that are evil, and we actually call them good. We can get pretty, we can become in a pretty dangerous place. thing that was on my heart in regards to this conversation was just gossip and we say oh thanks for the information I'll be praying for him but all you were doing was fishing and seeking for something oh it's really good that you shared no you actually kind of exposed someone and didn't cover them in prayer and didn't journey with them you just thought this would add to the conversation oh but it's good nah no no, it's not. I mean, literally, it's on a micro level and a macro level. We do this all the time. We call evil good and good evil. I don't know. I don't know. How serious can I get with this? Can I get serious with you guys? 
Can I get serious with you guys? Can I say something actually pretty controversial? Can I say actually something pretty controversial? No, seriously. Like, how do I say this? <laughs> I like being overwhelmingly intentional with my words in regards to these topics. God has grace, and he has forgiven our mistakes if we ask him to forgive. But I think that we need to call some of these things out and talk about some things. One of them is, is Planned Parenthood. I am a man, and I have no idea what the pregnancy process is like. I'm not going to claim I do. I have no idea. I don't know the toll, the emotions, the, what it does to your body physically. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I do know that that life is precious, and it is good. And there are people who, even believers, who would say this is a good program when in fact it is murdering life that God had created. And we call that good. I'm sorry, I, I just got to tell you it's not. And if you participate in that, I don't judge. We make decisions all the time. I make decisions all the time that hurt me that don't align with the word, I do, I fall short. But that's just one of the examples that I think Christians often, we're afraid to talk about it because it's really uncomfortable. And we don't want to call things out that are truly, um, that are truly evil because we don't want to be offensive. Just in the past week, there's two people in, uh, on uh, CNN that were pedophiles got arrested and, and they were there was suspect of or, or suspicion of sex trafficking rings and all that type of stuff. Sorry, it's just evil. There's hope and there's a light that's available to him. Here's the thing that we can't do with evil though and here's what I want to give on, on, on a conclusion for this statement about Planned Parenthood and all these types of things is that there is hope though. I don't want to just say, you're evil. Ow! I actually want to say, hey, this is evil and we got to pray that God brings his light into this situation. That's the appropriate response of Christians. Too many Christians go and beat people down. No, no, no. I actually want to go and say, here's the truth, but let me lift you up and help you. Let me lift you up and help you with this. Let me instruct you in the way of the word so that you can walk in the most fruitful life that God has designed for you. I get nervous talking about some of this stuff. People hate pastors who talk about this. My defense is know that they hated him first. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Please be careful. There are some things that are evil that we call good, and there are some things that are good that we actually call evil. Be careful. How horrible it will be. Isaiah 5. And I think this is why I have to talk about it. Look at his verbiage there. How horrible it will be. This is why I have to be transparent with you guys. This is why I have to be direct. How horrible it will be for those who call evil good and good evil. Who turn darkness into light and light into darkness. Who turn what is bitter into something sweet and what is sweet into something bitter. We can do this. I'm telling you, you're not exempt from slipping into this trap. 
We got to observe the scriptures, know what is true and what is good. So that way we can say, hey, that is evil and that is good. Amen, church. I know that this is a, this is a tense one, but the world is dark like we started, right? The world's dark. We got to talk about it. Even the darkness, look at what Psalm 139 says. Even the darkness is not dark to you. And the light is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are light to you. Second thing is, we know. We know we're wandering around in the dark. We know we're wandering around in the dark if we protect our faults and secrets with lies. It is super easy to lie. In fact, we're very flippant with it. And it can be so simple. The smallest things and even the grand scale things. And we know, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I want to say about this statement. And, and also about statement number three. Is that mistakes will happen. But when we keep them in the dark and we go further and further, that's when we're getting tripped up. It's one thing to make a mistake, expose it and say, hey, I, I fell short, God. I need you. But once we keep hiding and hiding and hiding and hiding and hiding, that's when we slip into darkness. Right, church? Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. The conversation this week about someone who was like, well, I have some information and I just wanted to keep it a secret. And it's like, nah. Once someone, let me give you a hint. Also, if you're talking with people and someone says, well, can you keep it a secret? Let me give you some insight. <laughs> if someone comes up to you and says, can you keep this a secret? I would say this in response to them. If it has anything that is going to be detrimental to your marriage, to your life, and to the church and to the glory of God, I am going to talk about it. If it's going to be detrimental to the covenant marriage that you have, I am going to expose it. If it's going to be detrimental to the kingdom of God, I am going to expose it. I will not blast you on Facebook, but I'll probably go talk with leadership and we'll handle it in a wise way. The church has been keeping secrets for too, too long. Too long. My, my pap who had recently passed, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him this Christmas told me a story about a, a priest in his village in Italy and people, people knew what he was up to but he was interested in, in young children but everyone was hush hush because this was a man of the cloth no 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 that's evil that's a lie that's fruitless deeds of darkness we expose that That's really scary to say as a pastor, you know that? Because I make mistakes too. I don't judge that guy. I make mistakes too. And if I do, please tell me. Serious. Hold me accountable too. We don't, we have nothing to do with that. Once we do have life to do with the fruitless deeds and we start keeping secrets and lies, man, we are walking down that dark hallway. 
And the judgment, it says in John 3, 19, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near for fear that their sins will be exposed. You are walking in darkness if you keep that secret, keep that fault hidden, keep just stuffing it down. We did a message uh, a, a few months ago about the dark box that we all hold so dearly. We'll let people into 95% of our life, but we will not talk about this box here. In fact, I will not let God talk to me about this box here. We're afraid of our sins being exposed. There's so much freedom when you just get out with it. There's so much freedom when you're just transparent and honest. And there are consequences. There are worldly consequences for mistakes that we have. But wow, the chains really are gone when we give it to God. And that freedom is experienced. Amen, church? You know you're walking down that hall if you keep secrets and keep hiding faults. I'm telling you, be open. Now, don't be a jerk and expose everyone, but be open be open. Number three is this. We know we're walking around in darkness if we delve further and further and further and further into our sin nature. We had a, a message two weeks ago, ekbasis. Someone say ekbasis. If you are, if you are having any questions about sin nature, temptation, that is a beautiful hour-long message. Good luck. A beautiful hour-long message that you can listen to that will give you insight on temptation and sin. But we're wandering in darkness when we just go deeper and deeper into this stuff. If we claim that we have fellowship with him but keep living in darkness, we're lying and not practicing the truth. I read, I read 1 John, and 1 John is where these scriptures are from. Please be careful because they'll make you think like you're not saved. It's really tricky. Let me give you some distinction, and this was from my, my friend Judd told me this. It's not about a miss. It's about an allegiance to. We are going to have misses. There's going to be times where I fall short. There's going to be times where lust comes in because it had plagued me for 12 years in the past. There's going to be times where lust comes back in. But I am not delving further and further and aligning with that sin. Did that give a little bit of clarity? Be encouraged. Don't align with it. We are going to make mistakes. We're imperfect. We're in a process of God creating us in his image, in his likeness. We are created in that, but he's sanctifying us, making us more like him. But we can't align with it. As we delve further and further, we're walking in darkness. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I wish this wasn't my sermon, because it's really, really tough. But it's true. That's the scriptures. As we delve further and further, we're going to be walking down a pretty dark hallway. I just want us to be aware that you don't need to walk down that hallway anymore. If you're trapped by this sin cycle, I'm telling you, there is freedom. And his name is Jesus, and he's the light of the world. I'm telling you, you don't need to crawl around anymore. Number four is this, and this is the last one. You will figure out and you will learn that you are walking down a dark hallway and continuing to walk in darkness if you allow and if we allow hatred to fill our heart. This is an interesting one because the Bible also commands us to hate what is evil. So this is interesting. 
but hatred for, for God's creation, people, love, all of these types of things. We can hate the wrong things. Look at this. But anyone who hates another brother or sister is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Hatred can't be a part of this heavenly DNA. Hatred cannot be a part of this spirit-filled life. Now, a holy discontentedness with that which is evil, yeah, we can get fired up about that. But hatred, no. No. When we feel hate in our life, oh, that's the hallway. All of these four things, and again, there's so many more, and you can explore the scriptures, but there's, there's again, to wrap this up, the light has rescued you and I from all of this. The dark hallway does not have to be dark anymore. It does not. You can turn a light on. It's available to you and to me. Look at what Paul says. Always thanking the Father. He enabled you to share. <laughs> To share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Someone say, we live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Jesus is the light. So from a dark kingdom to a kingdom of light. Who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. I love that. He, is, he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation church there is hope i know the hallway seems pretty dark right now but there is a light available to you and to me today amen church not only that let me share ephesians 5 puts it like this go ahead for you were once full of darkness but now you have light from the lord so live as people of light for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true that hallway does not have to be dark anymore it does not Nick, why do we care so much about this hallway? Do you want to walk around forever and ever in darkness, hoping that you find your way? I care about a light hallway so that I can see and flourish. I care about that light hallway for you so that you can see and flourish too. Bottom line for today is that Jesus came to illuminate a world covered in darkness. That's why he came. That's the whole point of this upcoming week. You have light now. That's worth worship and praise. Amen, church. You have light now. 2,000 years ago, nobody had this opportunity like you do. You now have the hope of the world, the Savior of the universe, able to live within you and give you light and illuminate things that are dark that you hate about yourself. And now you have the solution, the hope, the Savior, the healer, the redeemer, the rescuer. That's what you have. This upcoming week, I don't care if they have gone to church for 90 billion years. I think people need to see this light. Can you bring everyone possible? Nick, you're a pastor just saying that so that your church is full. I don't care. I, I, like genuinely we'll do the same thing with four people right there or 400 we will 
the only thing that I really believe is that people need light. Especially, like, let's be transparent. The past two years have been pure chaos. Like, it's, it's, it's time for some light. Amen? It's time. It's time. Don't be shy about bringing your family. Don't be shy about bringing your, bringing your friends. We're going to see what God does, what Jesus does when light enters our heart. People need to hear that message. Amen, church? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you're the light of the world. And when I didn't deserve it, and when I should have just been walking around in the darkness for the rest of my days, you sent your son to be the hope that my heart always needed. I'm overwhelmed. I can't believe you would do it for someone like me. The beautiful thing about Jesus, and if there's anyone in this room who needs to make this decision, with uh, believers, you can keep your heads bowed and just praying for those who need to make this decision. If you have not given your life to Jesus, if you've not felt your light, this light come into your life, I'm offering you a moment between just you and him in which you can give your life to him, surrender all to him, walk with him for the rest of your days and watch light illuminate everything in your world. Yeah, it's going to still have some difficulties, but you will now have light. All you simply have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's your Lord and Savior and you will be saved. Confess that he died and rose again to set you free, took took your sin on his shoulders, left it in the grave and rose again conquering death. Does anyone want to place their trust and their faith in Jesus today? Go ahead and raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you and you want to make him the Lord and Savior, I see that hand, I see that hand. That's awesome. That's a light room today. Anyone else want to make that decision? Well, let's pray for those who made that decision. And if you were the one who raised your hand, just say this from the depths of your heart. Jesus, I need you. I'm done walking around in darkness. I give you everything inside of me. You can have all of me, even that little box that I don't let anyone into. I give you my whole life. Surrender it all. Turn from my past and walk towards you with everything I've got. I pray that your light would illuminate everything in me, that I would walk with you to the ends of the earth. I confess and I believe that you died and rose again for me while I was in the darkness, while I was a sinner, that you died and rose again for me to give me life and to make me whole. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone shouted, amen.